Psalm 8, verse number 4. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his feet. And he goes on and talks about some of those things. I can hardly hear myself. I don't know if you can do anything about that. But um, I want you to see there, verse number six, six especially, thou madest him to have dominion. Yes. Thou createst man, in other words, your original creation. Man was originally created. He was created to have dominion. Yes. Now, you know, of course, that he bowed his knee, Adam and Eve bowed their knee to Satan, and Satan became the god of this world, which is another way of saying Satan had, took over dominion, took that dominion from Adam and Eve. But how many of you know Jesus came to get that back? Yes. He came and he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he said, go ye therefore, and the first thing he said was cast out devils. Yes. That means exercise authority. In other words, go in the authority that I got in, in my death, burial, and resurrection and use that authority to exercise, uh, you know, that authority over the forces of darkness, to stop the forces of darkness. Amen? And so notice here that thou hast made him uh, to have dominion. And uh, then he said, he crowned him. Notice it says there uh, in verse 5, thou crowned him with glory and honor. Actually, that's also a reference to this dominion. I don't have time to get into it. We could go to other verses and show you that. But he's talking about this crown. Any, any king that wears a crown, it's a symbol of his kingship, you know, his authority. And uh, so you and I are to wear, the crown is something you wear. Dominion is something that you and I need to learn to wear well. We need to learn to rule and reign. And to be honest... Um, I have more desire to preach this more often than I'm getting utterance for. And so, but tonight I just had some, some things come to me, and so I'm going to be sharing on this here tonight about this dominion that we have. This is another word for authority. And so he's saying here we're to wear this authority. How many of you know it, it fits us well? We, we, we were created uh, to, to wear this. It was tailor-made for us. And whenever Jesus raised from the dead, he basically gave us this, this dominion. It's a part of the new man, but the Bible says put on the new man. Yes. Put on. In other words, wear him. Wear, wear the new man on the outside. Dominion is part of the new man. The new man was raised to be seated. Remember, he's raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places. Our body wasn't raised up like that. Our, our minds, our intellects weren't raised up like that. Uh, but, but our new created uh, spirit was. We were created in dominion. Our, our position is a different position in the spirit realm than it used to be. It's now a place of authority seated with Jesus far above all principality, power, mights, and dominion, everything like that. We're no longer under Satan's control. He's not our boss anymore. If he says this is what you have to have in your life, we can say no in the name of Jesus. It's going to be according to, as I say, based on the covenant, based on what has my rights and privileges are. That's the dominion we have. Remember that he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Other translations say whatever you permit or whatever you allow. Whatever you bind, uh, other translations say forbid. 
and so we have the authority to say yes or no to what Satan wants to bring into our life. And so um, really there's a lot of things that as far as our inheritance, our rights and privileges in Christ that won't come to fullness or won't fully manifest without us exercising this dominion because God gets access to our life through this dominion. He doesn't, he's not able to just come in and do what he wants to do without us giving place to him and us taking our authority is giving place to him. Amen. Uh, and uh, we could take some time on that. We got to get to hear something that the Lord put in my heart. But um, tell your neighbor, I'm going to give him place. So he's basically saying you need to wear this. He's referring to it as a crown, but there's other things. How many of you know if you, have a, if you walk outside and uh, it's cold outside? I mean, you might have a jacket right there hanging on a peg by the door or something, but yet if you don't wear it, it's not going to do you any good, <clears throat> right? Uh, and you could come to church cold or whatever, till you, or at least till your car warms up. <laughs> and so, um, but you, can, you, you have to put it on is the point. It's not enough just to have a jacket. You have to put it on. And the same thing with dominion. It's not, not, not enough just to have it. You have to wear it. In other words, every day exercise yourself in dominion. Hallelujah. And so really he's basically saying we were made for this. Uh, he made you to have dominion. You see that in verse number six? Thou madest him to have dominion. And so you were made for this. And really, you were made to succeed in all that you put your hand to, but God knew that uh, you needed authority over the enemy to actually do that, to actually succeed. Do you understand that? So he gave you the, that authority in Christ. And uh, you and I have to learn to act on that authority to really actually succeed. Do you understand? And so uh, a crown, he said he's crowned us with this. A crown is something that royalty wears. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen. So you actually are in the kingdom of God royalty in the sense that he's made us kings and priests unto our God. And the Bible all says, they that received abundance of grace, Romans 5, 17, they that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they reign in life uh, by one Christ Jesus. And I think every other translation I've ever looked at says reign as a king. It brings up reigning as a king. And so those that, uh, those that have received Jesus and are born again, they're reigning over life but it's not automatic. They've been put in that place where they can, but it's not automatic. They have to learn to wear this. Amen. And uh, let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost will help you and teach you how to do this. It won't just be book knowledge. The, the Holy Ghost will take you from book knowledge to actually experiential knowledge. Um, you know, in, in like it's true in our government, uh, even kings, you know, king, kings are a different kind of government, but um, we don't have a king, but we, we know about kings. You've ever seen old movies or read the Bible even to read about kings. But, um, but you, you know, these kings, they all had counselors, somebody that would counsel them and what, what is, you know, what does the law say and so forth and so on. And, and so, um, but, but you have a, as a royal priesthood, you have a counselor. Somebody that will school you into this ruling and reigning. 
He'll guide you into it. He'll teach you how to do this and prompt you in, in certain things. He'll, he'll have you speak to things. Amen. And if you're not good at speaking to things, you're not operating in the full scope of faith. Faith doesn't just talk to God. Faith talks to circumstances. Faith talks to uh, uh, the forces of the demonic forces behind the circumstances. I don't want to get to heaven and realize if I'd have just been uh, conscious of the fact that it wasn't just a natural thing that was happening. There were forces of the spirit behind it trying to push it a certain way. I don't want to get to heaven and find that out. I want to know that right now. And those, those that are, are led by the Spirit, counseled by the Spirit, he'll deal with them at times. This is not flesh and blood right here. This is not you, you uh, having to, you know, fight a man or, or you know, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? This is forces trying to use somebody. Amen. And you can just in the, I do that all the time. I'm in the privacy of our own house or getting together with Pastor Debbie, join hands or sometimes on the way home from church or something like that. I'll say, now, Father, I saw that when I was preaching or I saw that in the spirit and I just take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And, that's, and, 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 and so he said, what happens? Nothing. <laughs> what I mean by nothing is what the devil intended to happen didn't happen. Amen. So uh, a lot of people have to fight a lot in the natural realm because they don't deal with things in the spirit realm. If they were spiritual and, and dealt with things in the, that realm and dealt with the, the thoughts that come to them from that realm, they could really master a lot of things that have been, been tough for them to master. All right, so um, um, you, you actually um, go over to, well, you're here in Psalm 8, verse number 4. Um, this, this crown... In fact, go to James chapter number 1. Look at James 1, verse 21 through 25. James chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. James 1, 21 through 25 in the Amplified. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted in, and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your soul. So, save your souls. That's talking about the renewal of the mind. And so we know about the renewing of the mind. We, we know the Bible says in uh, you know, Romans 12, verse number 2, be, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, this is, this is going to determine how far you get in the will of God. This renewal of the mind is going to determine how far you get in the will of God. So notice he goes on to say here in James chapter number 1, um, uh, but be doers of the word. Obey the message. I, I heard Brother Carlos was preaching on that on Sunday. Yeah. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reason by reasoning contrary to the truth. Now the Amplified, uh, I mean the King James says, deceiving your own selves. Some people, the devil didn't deceive them; they deceived themselves just by not being doers. They wonder, well, I don't know why this isn't working. Well, they deceive themselves. They don't, it's the, the blessing's not in the hearing of it. There is a blessing in the hearing of it, but not the real blessing. The real blessing's in the doing of it. All right, so then he said, for if anyone listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he's like a man. Look, very, look at this. He's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face. He's using an illustration. He's using a natural illustration here. He's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For 
he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. King James says, what manner a man he was. Amen. So he's talking about, you know, the scriptures, uh, 2 Corinthians, I think it is, uh, 3, verse 18, uh, beholding as in a mirror, we all as with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed from, Im- from, uh, uh, from glory to glory, or changed from into the same image from glory to glory, right? So the mirror is the word of God. Looking into the word of God, we see an image that uh, God, in other words, it's the image God has of us. God sees you uh, a certain way. You might see yourself partly that way. You might not see yourself partly that way. I mean, different areas. You have to see yourself in the way God sees you in all different areas. And as you, as you look into the word of God, you see the image he has of you. Because the image he has of you is different sometimes than the image you have of yourself. Part of renewing the mind is getting the image in you that God has of you. Victorious, seated far above, blessed, forgiven, no condemnation, right? Uh, 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 Healed by the stripes of Jesus. All these things that we talk about all the time, it's all the image of God, the the image God has of you in Christ. Glory. Blessed. Praise God. Victorious. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so that's what he's talking about, looking into this mirror, looking carefully at it. He said, don't be like the man who looks carefully at it and sees himself, but, and, and, and he amplified says, thoroughly observes himself, but then goes off and promptly forgets what manner of man he was. Or, as the amplified says, what he is like. Now, um, go over to, uh, well, let's read the next verse here in the Amplified. He looks, he, he looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it. Look at that. It's not a glance. It's not a one-time glance. Well, I, well, I heard that already. Brother Hagin set me free from the, as a ministry, set me free from the fear of repetition. Just going over things, going over things, going over things. Because he kept going over it, kept going over it. And, and every time he'd go over it, I'd think, well, I, I, he's taught this before. I, I pretty much know what he's talking about. And then he, and, but, but I, rather than tune him out, I just stay tuned in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I never saw that. Oh, yeah, that is what that says. I mean, just keep looking at it. Just keep looking at it. He carefully, look at that, perseveres. In looking into it. That means you keep at it. Being not a heedless listener who forgets, but is an active doer who obeys. He shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. Praise God. There's a a blessing in hearing, but not near the blessing as as there is in doing. Now, notice that the Amplified says uh, what, what he is like. The King James says what manner of man he is. Is that right? Or what manner of man he was? Is that, is that right? Now, look over with me at Luke 8.25. Luke 8.25 is where Jesus calmed the storm. And afterwards, the disciples looked at him in an unusual way. They, they said, uh, look at it, Luke 8.25. He said unto them, this is after he calmed the storm, He said unto them, where is your faith? And they being afraid wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? 
For he commandeth even the wind and the way, or excuse me, the wind and water, and they obey him. What manner of man is this? Well, you can see from the context what manner of man this is. This is a commanding man. Amen. Somebody said he's, he's the son of God. Well, sure he is. Sure he was. And we understand that. But really, he wasn't operating as the son of God. He was operating as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost just like us. That's why the Bible says the works that I do shall you do also. If he's doing it because he's in a class by himself, I mean, he was in a class by himself as, as God in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh. He was that in that sense, but he wasn't operating. If he was operating that way, then we could never do what he did. Yeah. I mean, it would just be sacrilegious to even yes. try to think we could, yeah. Come on. right? But he wasn't. Yeah. He became a man and laid aside. If you read Philippians chapter number two, it's very clear, uh, I mean, especially in other translations. He laid aside some of the privileges of deity. Yeah. And he came down here and operated as a man yeah. anointed by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's why he said, the works that I do, you can do also. Yeah. Praise God. Now, and we could take a whole lot of time on that because a lot of people don't believe that. They, they think he did that because he was the son of God. Well, he was the son of God. We're not yeah. disputing that, but that's not why he did what he did. If that was the case and he was doing it because he was the son of God, then why didn't he do any in his own hometown? And why did it say he could there do no mighty work? Mark 6 said he could there do no mighty If he was the son of God, he should have been able to do that. Now, let me rephrase that. He was the son of God. But my point is if he was doing it, as the Son of God, it shouldn't have said that he could there do no mighty work. But he wasn't doing it as, as the Son of God or God. He was doing it as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. I mean, if he wasn't, if he was doing it as God, which I say again, he was God, but I'm saying if that's why he was doing it, then why did God have to anoint God? Because he did no mighty works until the anointing came on him in Luke chapter number 4. And he said, got up and preached the spirit of the Lord's army. He's anointing me. All of a sudden, these mighty works started happening. Why didn't they happen at 12 years old, 14 years old, 22 years old, 25 years old, 27 years old, 29, 29 and a half? But they, they didn't start happening until the anointing came on him because he wasn't doing it as God. He was doing it as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. And I could preach on that for a whole hour and a half, and finally people would believe it. But so... Uh, I think most of you do believe it. Amen. But anyway, so uh, notice they said, to him, they said after Jesus calmed the storm, uh, they said, uh, what manner a man is this? For he commandeth even the wind and the water, and they obey him. What manner a man is this? What manner of man? What manner of man is this? Well, you can see he's a commanding man. You can see he's a man in authority. He's a man who can say something and it comes to pass. Now listen to the Woost translation of this. This is Luke 8:25. Who then is this because even the winds, even the winds, he marshals under his orders. And the water, and they recognizing his authority are obeying him. That's what manner of man he was. He was a man of authority. Amen. Amen. Now they marveled, at, the disciples marveled at his dominion. They marveled at his authority. What kind of man is this? They marveled. Amen. They wondered, it says here. Other translations, actually some of the Matthew and Mark say they marveled. They marveled. Uh, well, notice 
Jesus actually was marveling at them. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Did you say? <laughs> From his question, where's your faith? He was, he was like, what? You're wondering what kind of man I am. What? Don't you know who you are? Remember, he had given them authority. Amen. He was marveling that they didn't know who they were. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 3. Now, this isn't just the apostles, by the way. You're going over to 1 Corinthians 3, 3. But all believers are to renew their mind, according to James 1. James 1, we'd read it there. They're to renew their mind to what manner of man they are. Isn't that what he said? In the Amplified, it says, uh, forget what he is like, or, or, or the, the King James says, what manner of man he is. What manner, what, the Word of God shows you what kind of person you are. The apostles weren't the only ones who should have been commanding those wind and waves. You and I should be commanding things. Commanding the circumstances of life that rise. Because things come up in life. And we're not to just say, oh, God, do something. He's going to say, I did. I put you in authority. You do something. You see, really, what, what people that are praying to God to do something lack knowledge in, they lack knowledge of what, what he already did. He already put them in authority. He gave man dominion. Man lost it, but Jesus came and brought it back for it. Now, Jesus is giving them an internship between, between uh, when he started his ministry and he called his disciples to go and do what he was doing, he gave them this, this little, little space of time in here between that and the cross, or the, the, the resurrection actually, where uh, uh, an authority that he delegated to them that he had as a man on the earth. But then all that are born again got it when Jesus rose from the dead. All right, did you find 2 Corinthians? Where did I tell you to turn? 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3, 3. In the, now, again, in the Amplified here. He's saying to the church there at Corinth, he said, For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. If you think, think the Amplified uh, brings it out a little clearer, but the King James says you are yet carnal, Right? He's talking to the church there at Corinth. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? Now, in the context, he's talking about them living fleshly and strife and so forth and so on. Um, and so he's saying... Uh, you're acting like that love of God's not shed abroad in your heart. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Isn't that right? Just, I mean, you're acting like you used to act as sinners. Come on. Fussing with one another, strive, division. Isn't that right? He's talking about them being carnal. What is a carnal Christian? Uh, a carnal Christian is one that their flesh dominates them. The, the way they feel dominates them rather than the love of God dominates them. Amen. Anybody, any of us can, can uh, yield to our feelings. And get in the flesh, get in strife. Isn't that right? But that's not, uh, a spiritual Christian doesn't do that. We're growing up to be spiritual Christians. Amen. I know you are. You come to Wednesday night. So <laughs> that's one indication. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say that's all of it. But, but so, I've got to keep this humorous. Some of you are just not responding hardly at all. But anyway, no, notice, but I want you to see that last phrase in the Amplified. Behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Well, like the King James says, uh, uh, how does the King James say it there? The very last statement, walk as men. Isn't that a strange thing to say to men? Men meaning man and woman, you realize. You walk like you're a man, like, like you're a human. Uh, what? I don't get it. I am a human. You're more than a human. You're actually a new species. Me? Where'd we come from? We came from above. That's where we came from. We're born from above. New species? Where'd you get that? Is that in the Bible? Yeah, the Bible says that uh, Jesus was the second Adam. We're a different kind of human being. We're not just a mere human being anymore. Now, I don't mean we're, we're part ape or anything. <laughs> People hear that and they get crazy. I'm not talking about our flesh. I'm talking about there has never been a man. I'm, ta I'm talking about Jesus since Jesus. Now, 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 people that are born again, from the time Jesus raised from the dead, yes. well, Jesus was the first one. He's the first one. But then from that, that time till this, there was never a person like there is now called, uh, there's never been the body of Christ, a new creation on the planet. From Adam to Jesus, everybody was spiritually dead. They were not a new creation in Christ. But we are a new creation, not, not our flesh, not our minds. We do something with the flesh and the mind. But with the spirit man is a new species, a new, a new being. Everybody from Adam to Jesus was uh, spiritually dead. But Jesus was spiritually alive, and all that received him become spiritually alive. And there's never been anybody like that since Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so we're, uh, we're not mere men. And we're not merely men in the sense of that we, there's never been a man from Adam until Jesus came. There's never been a man that has had dominion. Jesus came. And got this dominion back for us because man lost it back there in the garden whenever he bowed the knee to Satan. That's why the Bible calls Satan the God of this world. He is still the God of people who are not born again. Satan still is. But he's not our God. You know, little G God. He's not our God. He is, in other words, he doesn't have dominion over us. We have dominion over him. That's why it says we're raised up to seed with Jesus far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. That's the, that's the forces of darkness. We have now, we're now above him in spiritual position, and we can command him and tell him what to do. Now, what are you doing about that? Huh? Oh, I was having a good time listening to you preach, and now you're putting it back on me. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So just like uh, they, Jesus marveled at the apostles and said, don't they know who they are? Where's your faith? Amen. All believers are to renew their minds to the manner of man that redemption has made them. Amen. Men in dominion over the circumstances of life, we are also in dominion over what manipulates those circumstances the forces of darkness that try to manipulate those circumstances. 
Does that make any sense to you? And so don't act like, when when it comes to the circumstances of life, don't act like somebody that's not in authority. Don't act like you can't do anything about it. Amen. 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 Now, you don't act like who you are. You act like the, who you see yourself to be. And that's what he's really trying, that's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight. Renew your mind to see yourself. Keep looking in this mirror of the word until you see yourself the way God sees you. This can get so big on the inside of you that the things that used to just, that you used to allow that you used to sort of just tolerate or just live with, this can get so big on the inside of you that something rises up. It's called the authority of the believer. Something rises up on the inside of you, and you say, no longer it stops right now. I've been living broke long enough. I've been living with the Dr. Dufresne used to call it the hoogamooga. <laughs> I've been living, been living with the hoogamooga long enough. Amen. We put up with stuff because we don't, we don't live with the reality of our dominion. So don't act like you don't have authority. Act like who you are and how God sees you. But you can't do that. You can't get a different response uh, out of yourself, so to speak, until you see yourself differently. Until you see yourself the way God sees you. Amen. It's called revelation knowledge. Walking in revelation knowledge makes us totally different people than the world. The people just, the people of the world, the mere men, (laughs) they just sort of do whatever they can in the natural to get things to work. We bring to bear the power of God. Can you say amen to all that? But we've got to mix our faith with that revelation, step out on it. Now, notice there he said in Psalm 8, verse number 4, he put all things under his feet. Notice he didn't say all people. We don't have dominion over people. We have dominion over things. And uh, demon forces, of course. Um, But what, what what belongs to you in Christ hinges on you walking in this. I'm, I'm growing in this. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not tolerating some things anymore that I've been tolerating. <laughs> it's almost like the word of God's true or something because it's, it's coming up to my, my command. Hallelujah. You remember what the Lord told or taught Brother Hagin about prosperity? He said, stop praying about money like you've been. He didn't say stop praying about money. He said stop praying like you've been. And then he taught him him that the money you need is not up here in heaven. See, he's sort of asking God to do something. He said the money you need is not up here in heaven. It's down there on the earth. Remember that? And uh, I'm not going to rain. He said I'm not a counterfeiter. I'm not going to rain $100 bills out of the sky. So whatever you're needing financially down here, it's already down here. And so he taught him... to uh, claim what he needed. Then he taught him to take authority over the devil, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And then he taught him to commission the angels to go and cause it to come. Now, don't raise your hand, but when was the last time you did that? Don't raise your hand because we're not here to embarrass anybody. But but, uh, I I just get the sense that we're just sort of tolerating some things sometimes. 
Well, we'll just, we'll just kind of keep on going, and one of these days it'll change. No, it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Learn to speak to things. <clears throat> learn to not just uh, walk as mere men, but learn to uh, talk to demons and command them to stop, take their hands off, to learn to speak to the angels and commission them to go and bring things in. Amen. All of that is dominion. Can you say amen? Now let's wrap this up with what something here I wanted to get to. Look at Psalm 84, verse 4 through 7. We won't go much longer here. Psalm 84, 4 through 7 in the Amplified Classic. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Then we're going to read a few verses. This is verses 4 through 7. And uh, until, until we read this, and I pointed out, you might miss it because I missed this for years. How many of you know you can read verses and not really realize what it's saying? But let's look at it together here. This is in the Amplified Classic, Psalm 84, 4 through 7. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are those who dwell in your house and your presence. They will be singing your praises all the day long. Praise God. Selah. Pause and calmly think about that. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways to Zion, yes. passing through the valley of weeping. Yeah. That's uh, what that word baka means. And they make it a place of springs. Yeah. They make it a place of springs. And early rain also, the early rain also fills the pools with blessings. Amen. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Yeah. Each of them appears before God in Zion. Now, I want you to either highlight or underline or something, circle, however you want to do this. Now, I'm in the Amplified. You can do this in the King James, but I, I did it in the Amplified. <clears throat> it says uh, in the Amplified, in the first, uh, verse 4, that part that says, dwell in your house and your presence. I have that highlighted. <clears throat> and then it says, singing your praises all the day long. I have that highlighted. Amen. Then down there in, what is it, verse 5, I don't have them numbered here, but whose strength is in you. Amen. And then is it verse 6? Uh, passing through the valley of weeping, then notice, they make it. I have highlighted, they make it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then pools of blessings, I have highlighted. Yes. Then the next verse, they go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Yes. Notice that, I got that highlighted. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Yes. So he's talking about living a life <clears throat> uh, through praise and worship, living a life in his presence. <clears throat> and then drawing your strength from him through doing that and actually uh, going from, uh, in, from victory to victory because of it. Notice he says increasing in, in uh, victorious power. So he's talking about going through, <clears throat> notice that word, the valley of weeping. He's talking about going through circumstances that are hard or yeah. tests or trials or that makes people yeah. weep. Yeah. And he says, in those circumstances, the main verse here is verse number six, passing through the valley of weeping, Baca, they make it a place of springs. Their early rain also filled the pools with blessings. And the, the, the main thing I wanted to point out is verse six, they make it. They make it. Don't pray for God to make it. You make it. Me, how can I make it? You can make it because he made you. Amen. 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 
That's what dominion enables you to do. He gave you dominion. He made you to have dominion. Why did he make you to have dominion? So you can make what Satan meant to go a different direction go the way God intended it be. That's dominion. That's not you just sort of taking whatever comes and living with whatever life throws at you. That's the way the world lives. That's what we mere men do. We're not mere men. We have authority. He made us so we could make it. We can make life be the way it's supposed to be. <clears throat> A big key to this is praise and worship. They're singing your praises all the day long. Praise is an expression of dominion. You're, you're bringing the power of God on the scene through praise to change the circumstances and, uh, and go from, from uh, weeping to victorious power. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it brings the strength and power of God down on you to change that. And you did that by your authority. Whenever you praise God, you're, bringing, you're giving God the authority. To, to, you're, you're really giving him the right yes. to be able to come into those circumstances yes. and make them the way you say they're yes. going to be. Yes. When you're praising God for your healing, you're making yourself healed, so to speak. Yes. I'm not saying God's power is not involved. What I'm saying is you're tapping into God's power and, and releasing. You're really opening the door for God to do what he really wants to do the whole time. Amen. But that's what dominion enables you to do. Yes. Amen. He made you to have dominion. Yes. So you can decide, I'm going to bring the power of God on the scene here, and that's going to make this the way God meant it to be. But in one sense, you're doing that, not God. Now, I'm not saying God's power is not involved because his power does things we can't do. You realize? But without you doing your, without you giving him the authority to do that by exercising your authority, he can't do that. Does that make any sense? Yes. Hallelujah. So by praising the anointing into manifestation, your victory comes. Yes. Hallelujah. So you can make those circumstances something different than the devil intended them to be. Praise God. Praise God. So really praise brings the, the, the victorious power into manifestation. But praise is really you saying this is the way it's going to be. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about that? Whenever you're saying, Father, I just want to thank you that I always have all sufficiency in all things at all times. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You're, you're using your authority. When you do that, you're using your authority to say this is the way it's going to be with me. I'm not accepting anything else. I forbid it to be any other way because the power of God through my praise is going to open the door for God to do what he wants to do. Woo. Every place in life, no matter if it's a place of weeping or what, can be made to be the way God intended it to be. Amen. Every place in life can be a place of blessings. In fact, uh, if you're in a tight spot or a situation right now, practice it right now. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas did this in their place of uh, jail. They made it turn out different. <laughs> That's the authority they had. They could say, okay, we're not staying in here. Father, and, and, and listen, they did it through prayer, number one, and praise, number two. That gave God the ability to do really what he wanted to do all along. 
Praise the Lord. Now go to Luke 10. I'm just going to wrap this up. I'm almost done. Luke 10, 19. It says, uh, you're, you're familiar with Luke 10, 19. <clears throat> it talks about Satan. I saw Satan's lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power. King James says power. Amplified, or I guess Amplified does. I don't know about the Amplified. But the, uh, the Greek actually says authority. To tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy. And <clears throat> nothing shall by any means hurt you. The Woosh translation says, I give you authority to advance. By setting foot upon snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice that, authority to advance. Authority, authority to advance means you don't have to sit back and wait for permission from the devil, circumstances, whatever, before you go forward. Well, if he would leave me alone, I could, no, no, you don't have to wait for him to leave you alone. Right? Well, if he just stop opposing me? No. No. Well, if he just get out of the way? No. This, isn't, this doesn't sound like getting, he, waiting for him to get out of the way. It sounds like you just tread right over top of him. Don't wait for the devil to give you permission to go forward. That's right. That's right. Amen. Don't wait till all your ducks get in a row. I don't see that verse in the Bible anywhere. <laughs> Amen. No, you, you just start advancing because you have the authority to advance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, you do this, the greater one will rise up on the inside of you and just, 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 just empower you to do the impossible. Amen. So really, that's what authority uh, in your life does. It enables you to really uh, not stop but keep on moving. Jesus was up praying on the mountain. His disciples, he told the disciples to go to the other side, and they're out in the middle. They kind of encountered a storm. They weren't getting there very fast. And so Jesus finished praying, and he comes down to the edge of the water. He don't have a boat. Uh -huh. He said, well, um, you know, in other words, he came up to the edge of what's possible. It's possible to walk, it's possible to get to the disciples so far because there's ground there. But now you come to water, that's not possible. I mean, maybe you could swim, but then they can't swim that far. And so, well, he said, um, let's just do this the way I do it where we come from. He just kept on walking. In other words, he didn't stop at the edge of possible. Tell your neighbor, I'm, I'm learning this. I'm learning this. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't stop at the edge of possible. That's my testimony in a lot of things. I didn't stop at the edge of possible. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about just pulling something out of my mind and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm talking about the Lord led me. Praise the Lord. The Israelites got up to the edge of the Red Sea, and there was no way across it. And God said to Moses, because Moses started crying to God, and God said, stop talking to me. He said, what's that in your hand? It's a rod. Stretch it out over the... And he, that rod stood for the authority of God in, the, in human hands. And he extended that rod over the sea, and it divided. See, it's going to be impossible until you extend your authority over it. Does that make sense? You've got to learn to extend your authority over the... When you get to the edge of possible, extend your authority. And then just keep on walking. Nothing shall be able to keep you from making progress. Or nothing will be able to keep you from advancing. Amen. 
You can stand with me to your feet. I'm just here to encourage you tonight. What do you got in your heart? What do you have in your heart? Amen. Don't sit and wait for the enemy to say, uncle. He won't say uncle. You got to tell him uncle. <laughs> you know what I mean? In other words, you got to tell him who's boss and who's in charge here. The Israelites were, uh, they had three enemy armies come against them. And the Bible says uh, they sought God on what to do. And the Spirit of God came on this man. Uh, you'll not need to fight in this battle. Remember that? Set yourself, stand ye still, see the salvation of the Lord. And so they, uh, they received that, got up the next morning, and they said, okay, we're going to go out, um, we're going to put the singers out front. They decided that. We're going to put the singers out front. And he said, they said, uh, uh, and they went out there singing, praise the Lord for his good, for his mercy endures forever. They advanced. Do you notice that? Rather than stand back and wait. They advanced, but they did it with praise in their mouth. You see that? That's, that, that? They're actually taking authority in the situation by praising God for his power to get them to, to get to, to, to his power to step in and do what they couldn't do. They could take steps of faith towards it, but they couldn't do anything else to defeat the enemy because they were way outnumbered. But whenever they put praise in their mouth, they released his power to do what they couldn't do. Hallelujah. Go as far as you can in your faith, and whenever you hit the place you can't go anymore, the power of God. If you'll stay in faith, the power of God will hit you there and enable you to do what you couldn't do. That happened when we started the daycare. I could tell you stories along this line, but I'll just give you one that comes to my mind right now. When we started the daycare, we didn't have the money to start the daycare. We didn't have any workers to start the daycare, and we didn't have any money to pay the workers to start the daycare. But God put it in our hearts time right now. And boy, was it time. It was a supernatural timing of the Lord because there was a bunch of daycares that closed. It was just, but so, so we started, I think, for a year, the church... I think it was for a year. I could be wrong. But my memory tells me right, right, right now. We, for a year, the church underwrote the, the yeah. daycare. And uh, the Lord said to me, all right, um, I didn't call you to use your faith for a daycare. Turn it over. Who was that, Katie? Were you on staff yet? Just Katie. Uh, turn it over to Katie and let, let them start believing God. I didn't call you to use your faith for this. So I turned it over to them. Man, I thought, why didn't I do this on month number one? <laughs> I went as far as I could with it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all the money started coming in. And they, because how many of you know, whenever they want to get paid, I mean, now they're going to use their, they're going to use their faith. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, I want to be on staff. Well, use your faith. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to hire you, but I mean, you do need to be a, you do need, need to be a faith person if you're going to be on staff. Yes, that's right. That's right. Amen. But we went as far as we could. And I'm telling you, the church started running out of money because of it. Now, the, money, the church has been well paid back. Don't misunderstand me. But, but, but my point is, we got to the end of that, and it just wasn't any possible any further. What do I do? Do this. So we did it. Boom, there came all the money. You got to get up to the edge of impossible. You got to get up to the edge of possible is another way to say it. Hallelujah. 
Praise God, praise God, praise God. God fills the actions of your faith with his power. And praise is one of the actions of your faith. You, you need to do something that's impossible. This is how you bring the power of God down on you. Now, listen to the King James. I'm almost, uh, I almost forgot this. But the King James says, rather than, uh, notice back here in the Amplifies, it says, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. I looked this up because the King James says something totally different here. And I was like, what's, what's the Hebrew actually say? Because it's a little bit confusing. But the Hebrew says here in verse number... Uh, Verse number five, in whose heart are the ways of them. And of them is italicized. So I looked it up in the Hebrew to see what it says. Psalm 84, verse five, in whose heart are the ways of them. And the Hebrew says the ways of God's blessedness. In other words, the way that the people of God are blessed. This is the way the people of God are blessed. Exercise the dominion through praise. Bring the power of God on the scene through praise. Amen. This is the way of their victory. Praise. Hallelujah. This is the way of staying blessed. Praise. We talked about prayer recently. We've been talking about prayer. Well, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. So pray things out, but then spend the day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Got it. Woo-hoo. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You're holding the devil in the arena of faith, and it means it shuts him down. Shuts down his power, keeps God's power active. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands and give him praise tonight. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. As Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, the power fell on that jailhouse. There was a shaking of their circumstances. Amen. Glory to God. Guess what? You can do this all the way home. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I'll tell you what we were talking about at the beginning of the service. You can, you can, you can praise your way right into answers. You get in the presence of God doing this, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will put something in your spirit, or something will bubble up out of your spirit, and while you're right in the middle of while you're praising, you go, up, oh, just got my answer. What we're talking about in the offering. Just got my answer. Amen. It's not, nothing is hard. We just have to get into the spirit of it, get in the spirit of faith. Amen.